Welcome to the Behaviorist Book Club. We're a community of busy, research-focused BCBAs and practitioners just trying to stay in touch with all that literature in our field. You can follow my website, www.behaviouristbookclub.com, and my Twitter, at BehaviouristBC, and even join the Facebook page, um, the Behaviorist Book Club on Facebook. This series is, of course, Java in one take, where we look at a Java article for you and break it down in a quick and consumable format. This article is from volume 54, number four, the fall edition, entitled Comparing Paired Stimulus and Multiple Stimulus Concurrent Chains, Preference Assessments, Consistency, Correspondence, and Efficiency, written by Carissa Basile, Jeffrey Tiger, Madeline Lilly. This was done at Marquette University and the Peer Center for Autism. This is, that's right, preference assessment literature. One of my, uh, pref- I, I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite topics, but, but I do enjoy it because I, I feel like preference assessment literature is focused on efficiency. And you can pretty much guarantee that anything focused on efficiency and making my job easier as a clinician is what I want to look for. So... Monday's podcast was a little long, a little complicated. We were talking about verbal behavior. Uh, Definitely took a a little bit longer to walk through that article. I think that this one will be a little bit shorter, a little bit more consumable, and I hope it'll give you some really clean options to do as you walk into your work for that day. So it's important when we talk about different efficiency research types that we look to see what the gold standard is. What, and, the, and that concept of gold standard research is essentially just comparing a new method to a previously established method. So essentially when you have, you, you, research has to start somewhere. And the place where reinforcer assessments and preference assessment research started was with the reinforcer assessment. They put buttons in front of kids. They evaluated how much responses each um, edible or each tangible was quote unquote worth. And then they were able to rank and create a hierarchy based on that reinforcer assessment. The problem was, is that was kind of an unwieldy assessment. It kind of took a while. There was some training um, and some of these kids would respond um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an extreme fashion. So hundreds of responses to get a, a small um, tangible or a small piece of edible. So we needed something faster. And that's when we first developed the idea of preference assessments. And there's a whole host of preference assessments. There's um, multiple stimulus with replacement, without replacement, the single stimulus preference assessment, the paired stimulus preference assessment, the concurrent chains arrangement, which we're also going to talk about now, and a a lot of free operant preference assessment, just to name a few. And each of those was subsequently developed from the reinforcer assessment. And this is all gold standard type of research. You have a established way of developing a hierarchy. You compare it to your new way and you see if it matches up. And if it matches up consistently, then you know your new way is just as effective, just as useful as your old way, but it's faster and it's more efficient. And as we shift through and we get more and more efficient, sometimes we can get farther away from that original gold standard, the reinforcer assessment, which is a limitation in this paper that we'll talk about in a little bit. So we're focused on efficiency, 
preference assessment research is always how can I get the same results as a more um, time intensive assessment with less time. And the authors really noted that with a lot of the preference assessments, we're really limited to items that can be placed on a table, kind of concrete, tangible items. So things like edibles, toy cars, um, iPads, you know, anything that a kid wants to engage with and is able to be placed on a table, that's where, you know, your multiple stimulus with and without replacement, your single stimulus, your PSPAs come in, paired stimulus preference assessments, all have that limitation of the table. Then in uh, 1997, Hanley and colleagues kind of shaped the concurrent chains arrangement and really popularized that. And it solved the table problem because it associated a complex event, maybe a treatment or a reinforcement schedule with a simple stimulus that can be placed on the table. So they paired their complex event with perhaps a green card, then the green card was placed on the table next to a red card, and the red card had been paired with another complex event, maybe extinction. And it, generally, this was the way that we've assessed intervention utility. We've assessed social validity. We've, we've assessed all of these different, more complex and confusing if you will, uh, stimuli based on the concurrent change arrangement of pairing. When you break down and really look at the way the concurrent change is arranged, it looks like multiple stimuli on the table in front of them. So you have the complex events paired with the initial links, so the simple stimuli, and maybe there's five complex events that you want to evaluate. and those complex events are paired with the links and now there's five links in front of a kit. That's kind of like a multiple stimuli with and without replacement arrangement. And the weird thing about that arrangement is that when you're looking for consistent responding to really see a preference in this arrangement, sometimes that's not the most efficient way to go. The authors propose that the paired stimulus format for a concurrent change arrangement may be a little more effective. It would result in less scanning from the child and more predictable and briefer sessions. So the typical concurrent change arrangement, if you're comparing five things, has five different initial length simple stimuli on the table in front of the child. The paired stimulus concurrent change arrangement, the novel assessment that we're evaluating, would just have two and then it would be represented multiple times with those two stimuli until each one had been paired with each other once. So five stimuli, each paired with themselves, um, each paired with every other stimuli results in five, or excuse me, results in 10 trials. And the fact that you can predict and say this assessment is going to take X amount of time is could be a really strong benefit for the clinician. When you have the multiple stimulus arrangement for the concurrent change arrangement, assessments can take as long as until a consistent hierarchy um, appears, which can be, you know, 10 trials, it could be 20 trials, it could be 50 trials. So there are some benefits of this uh, paired stimulus concurrent change arrangements. And the purpose of this article was to compare the concurrent change arrangement when you have a paired stimulus um, as the stimuli presentation, the initial link presentation versus a multiple stimuli arrangement for the initial links. 
And they wanted to note that just logically, it's clear that the paired stimulus approach would result in fewer trials. But what's not clear is if those fewer trials would result in similar hierarchies. So we know that the concurrent chains arrangement with the multiple stimuli is going to take longer, and it's our gold standard we're comparing things to. So we're assuming that that's the most accurate arrangement. What's unclear is the shorter, briefer multiple stimulus concurrent chains arrangement, if that is going to match the hierarchy formed by our gold standard. And that was the purpose of this article. They they um, worked with four children, aged three from three to eight, and they were able to tack a variety of two-dimensional stimuli, which is important for the concurrent chains setup. A little bit of water there as we go on. Preferred items were chosen based on surveys to the parents. You know, your typical RAISD surveys, raise surveys, and, um, or excuse me, they did, doesn't look like they did the raise survey. I take that back. Just uh, indirect surveys with the parents. The initial link of the chain, so that's the simple stimulus, the card on the table, was just a square card with the picture of the preferred or the potentially preferred tangible. The tangibles that we're talking about were things like Sour Patch Kids, marshmallows, Fruit Loops, um, Pringles, Frosted Flakes, very uh, simple and discrete stimuli. And we'll talk about this a little later, but they, they noted that they use simple stimuli to really make the assessment efficient. They're proving a concept here. This isn't, like, if, if you have these stimuli, you'd probably be doing a multiple stimulus without replacement setup anyways, but they really wanted to prove a concept. And that concept was the paired stimulus concurrent change arrangement is more efficient. So in the paired stimulus array, each card was presented with the other um, card one time. So like I said, five stimuli, 10 trials. In the multiple stimulus array, the child was presented all five cards in front of them after selection, they would replace that card that was chosen until it was chosen five times consecutively. And once a card was chosen five times consecutively, it was removed from the array and it was counted as that place in the hierarchy. So just by simple math, you have five, um, you have five stimuli. They each have to be chosen five times consecutively. So your most efficient multiple stimulus assessment um, with your concurrent chains arrangement is going to be 25 trials at absolute peak efficiency and peak hierarchy selection. So like I said, we know that the paired stimulus assessment is going to be faster. The question is, is it as accurate? To dive into the results, they presented their graphs and some of them were really clear. Like some of them you look at and you're like, that's a perfect graph. Um, your paired stimulus hierarchy perfectly matches your multiple stimulus hierarchy. Here's the time. Here's the administration cost. Everything is very simple. But some of the other ones got a little bit more complicated. So they began to look at um, three different quantifiable factors to, to clear up the data. And that was, did the preferences stay static across three identical assessments. So they ran the paired stimulus concurrent chains arrangement three times for each child. They ran the multiple stimulus arrangement three times with each child. And they wanted to see after each, um, after each assessment, 
the, the preferences stay the same because an assessment, a preference assessment that identifies different preferred items each and every time isn't very useful to us as clinicians. We need stable preferences to choose our reinforcers from. So they quantified this um, by evaluating the magnitude of rank order shifts. So this is a shift in, in preference within the same three assessments. So if you had very high variability, which indicated that there was a lot of shifting, that was a, uh, a mark against this particular assessment. So higher the variability, the less useful the assessment for clinicians. The next thing they looked at was the correspondence between the assessment format. So did the paired stimulus match the multiple stimulus? And they used this um, by averaging out the rank order and then seeing how it compared. The third thing they evaluated was the time and session, the time in session and how long did it take. So for the first value, so the internal reliability with that rank order and magnitude of rank order shifts, they found that both assessments were generally similar, which is great. That's one check for the paired stimulus concurrent change arrangement. For the next value, the assessment correspondence, they did a right here at Spearman's rank correlation analysis, and they found that the, um, the correlation was highly significant and the two assessments were highly correlated, which is another check for a more efficient concurrent change arrangement. And then they looked at the time session amount and it was pretty clear that uh, the paired item arrangement was gonna be much more efficient. They found that the paired item, like we said, took 10 trials. On average, the multiple stimulus concurrent change arrangement took around 28 trials, and the paired stimulus took about five to 10 less minutes to complete. So going through our, our list of things, so we wanted similar consistency, so we wanted assessments that gave us good, consistent information. We wanted similar hierarchies created assessments that correspond and a new efficient assessment that corresponded with our gold standard and finally one that took less time and the paired stimulus arrangement did great now the one thing that i wanted to see from this article and i didn't see which i understand because it would have been an extra layer for these kids to go through was that that throwback to the reinforcer assessment i wanted to see a comparison for at least one child um, on a reinforcer assessment, and they didn't include that. I think that would have added a lot of believability because the concurrent chains arrangement isn't typically used for discrete, simple stimuli. Logically, right, it should work. It, it makes sense that a complex stimuli and a, and a simple, discrete, you know, table-type stimuli would still result in consistent preferences either way but it's just not common. And I, I wish they would have added the reinforcer assessment to show that, yes, we know we did something different to promote efficiency for these kids um, by adding discrete stimuli, but just so you know, we also did a reinforcer assessment that backed up our results. They also noted a couple methodological decisions that could have affected the outcome. The first was that, um, that edible, not tangible, or that edible, not treatment comparison that you typically see in the concurrent chains arrangement and this was done for efficiency and practicality but it would be interesting to see this replicated as well the next thing was that the number of trials will based on will vary based on the number of items 
The weakness of the paired stimulus arrangement is that the trials increase exponentially. So five stimuli result in 10 trials, but 13 stimuli result in not 26, but 78 trials. And it's noted that as more items get involved in the paired stimulus, your assessment potentially gets less and less efficient. So overall, what did we learn from this paper? What we learned is that preference assessments and concurrent chains arrangements and multiple stimulus and paired stimulus are all really solid assessments, but they can be made more efficient. And I think that's my, that's my first takeaway is that all of these different assessments can be made a lot more efficient by just combining or tinkering or tweaking just a little thing or little methodology and potentially you have a just as effective but more efficient um, assessment on your hands. Another takeaway was that the uh, concurrent change arrangement doesn't have to be complicated or, or take a long time. Uh, this paired stimulus concurrent chains arrangement is probably the way I would utilize my concurrent chains arrangements in the future. Um, we need a lot more research, right? This is only one study that has looked at this, so we need more research to evaluate if this is a consistent thing. But looks pretty good to me, and I think that maybe doing it cautiously, maybe taking a verbal report into consideration as well in terms of judging preferences. I, th I think I would use the paired stimulus arrangement for now. Um, the other takeaway was that repeating preference assessments is really important. There, there wasn't a ton of shifting, but there was clear shifting in the preferences. And that's why things like uh, a token board that gets backed up by a menu of reinforcers can be really powerful for skill acquisition because you don't know what the specific establishing operations are present for the kid you're working with. And it's important to give them all the potential menu options um, to avoid some of that shifting problem. So finally, to end off this article, I want to use the BCBA, the RBT, the research-focused practitioner to think about your own behavior. Think about the own things that you teach. Think about the methods that you use. What have you been doing for years that you assume is the best way? I know for me, a lot of this came to RBT training. In my, in my job, I do a lot of RBT training. I do a lot of shaping up young BCBAs and you know helping them get to that next level. And man, I, I kind of use BST, behavioral skills training, and I call it a day. But I wonder how much more efficient my teaching style can be. We're going to talk on Friday about inner teaching. And I think this is a perfect time to think about what you're doing that could be made more efficient. So teaching RBTs using behavioral skills training and adding in inner teaching. Or anything that you do really if you're if you're writing a behavior plan using you know microsoft word versus google docs maybe you can make yourself more efficient um, maybe you can add in a different tool or with the kids we work with maybe we've been using 2d stimuli and it may be more efficient to do 3d or vice versa so really think about what you're doing and find efficiency find that extra time 
because I think it, it will result, as long as it's careful and systematic, it will result in better outcomes for the kids we serve. That's all I got for you guys. A little bit of a shorter article, a little bit simpler than uh, our verbal behavior deep dive that we did on Monday. Remember, my website is www.behaviorsbookclub.com. Additional readings on this topic, um, different blog posts, behavior analytic visuals, um, as well as weekly episode schedules are all published to my website for free. My Twitter is at behaviorsbookclub.com. BC and my Facebook page is um, the Behaviorist Book Club on Facebook. Join in the conversation there and let me know what you think about this article and how it affected you as a practitioner. That's all I got. Thank you so much to these authors and I will see you all on Friday.